Oh yeah, that was said, definitely this. No such thing as bad publicity. There's no such thing as bad publicity, kid. <laughs> no such thing as bad publicity, kid. Get out of here. Uh. Hey, it's Engineering Podcast. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. <laughs> Welcome back to another uh, another hang. Thanks for thanks for thanks for checking us out. Coming to hang out. Time to special get thanks. Comfy. Special thanks as always to our backers on Patreon who give us as little as a buck an episode to help uh, keep this thing going. And then special thanks to people that rate and review us on iTunes. Because as we'll talk about in this very episode, that's actually really super important for us right now. <laughs> if you do one thing today to make yourself proud, it's rate and review us on iTunes. So for people that have backed us on Patreon and that are in the Slack channel, you if you're watching the episode numbers, you'll see that this one was called Ruthless Opt. Which I was trying to write optimization, but there's not enough space. Too long. But ruthless is a good word, isn't it? It's a great word. Ruthless. It's fun to say. It's kind of hard, <laughs> but it come. But you're satisfied after you say it. Some words, when you go to say them, that are difficult to say, you never. They never feel right. Ruthless, though, is. <sighs> well, so here, what did you say when you were trying to find the channel so that you could follow this link? Ah, oh, I yelled at you for your stupid use of creative language instead of descriptive language. <laughs> this is not an art show. This is a science show. <laughs> uh, anyway, what we're really here to talk about is the the process we recently went through of kind of revamping all of our properties. Um, and we, and I feel I'm proud of what we have done in the last couple of months, and I'm stoked for everybody totally. to play with play with it. Yeah, the first thing for everyone to know is that we've got a brand new website. So you've probably never been to our website, <laughs> would be my guess. Everyone, nothing personal. That's just how listening. podcasts work. Which uh, <laughs> is okay totally fine. <laughs> but we have a brand new website, and it's got like really pretty pictures and like funny shots of our guests and show notes, and we're trying to start to put links in and. Old episodes we haven't necessarily caught up on, or maybe we'll never catch up on, but uh, it's been really fun setting this up, uh, and it's a cool-looking property. It's in a cool new space. Which, Well, let's talk about the changes yeah, from what we used to website, have. For sure. Uh, we used to run the old website off of Tumblr, which was essentially just a pretty holding tank for the same information that goes out via all the subscription apps. Yeah, we hosted... Let's, let's, just, let's give all the details to everyone. If, okay. if briefly we don't need to dive into details but we used to host or how do where do we used to host starting with like where we hosted our podcast what was that infrastructure you set all that stuff up yeah how did it used to run um so we we used to be set up we hosted our files on soundcloud well let's back it up a bit further um we have pre-production channels that have taken a while to iron out and we really have dialed in in this process we have pre-production channels for basically every loose idea. Chat channels. Kind of, yeah, they're just chat channels where it's like, hey, here's something I thought about. Like There's one called Rap Battles where we're talking to our buddy Pete about an episode where he's going to explain the world of competitive rap battles. 
Um, <laughs> that's going to be awesome. Like, people attend events. For what the that hell shit. is that? That sounds amazing. Right? Like he can talk about the strength of brackets. Like he talks about rap battling the way you hear ESPN anchors talk about boxing. <laughs> it's outstanding. Anyway, so that will eventually coalesce into an idea that we do an episode about. And then we use that as a holding tank for anything that comes up during the episode. Then I edit the episode. And while I'm editing, I dump quotes out that we could use for some other form of media. I mean, I pull that's that's it in Slack, right? Uh, then we use Slack as a holding tank where we talk about editing decisions, like what the title of the episode is going to be. We finalize a description and we dump that in there. And then I have a series of Zapier triggers that are able to pull the text out of these production channels and populate all manner of like social promo and blog post stuff. All of our production stuff has been pretty heavily optimized for a while now, right? Like creation and editing and how we, how we work together to get this stuff done and episodes and where we track all the info. Um, so that the production process has been pretty smooth. We've got that. Making dialed sure in. the podcast keeps coming out the door and that we're optimally making sure that everyone is able to find the podcast if they've bumped into it somewhere, which is how it happens now, right? Like I mention it to a person and they go, I'll check that out. Or they see a thing that I reposted on Facebook and they say, Oh, I'll check that out. Do you want to talk about the technology that, what is that infrastructure supporting? All of those things I just described, mm -hmm. like what's the broader thing that that's, it's the underlying protocol for a podcast, I feel like maybe is the thing to talk about. We mention it, it comes up briefly in an episode with the CTO of Breaker, a podcast app that we like, but I don't know when that's been released. Maybe that might be our next episode. Oh, who relative to this one? I think we just released that episode, <laughs> <laughs> or we're about to release that episode. It's a fun time travel game to play. Um, it, it, we either just released it, we're about to release it, we already released it, or it will be released sometime in the future. It's been recorded, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there we talk about the actual technology but the infrastructure that i just talked about essentially just hosts an mp3 file and makes it so that all of these different applications can grab a feed that comes out of that hosting entity um and that feed is called rss which we have mentioned before in passing which is just like a essentially a communication protocol for passing along only the essential information contained in a blog post yeah. or any web page really right like the fact that a picture is of a certain size and in a certain location relative to the text is not as important as here's all that text here's yeah, the all R the ideas the rss fee rss which maybe people have heard of i don't really know it's kind of this it's sort of an antiquated web technology at this point <clears throat> it was originally made to syndicate uh, like blog posts and things that you wrote online on your website on a blog uh, or a newspaper to syndicate those out, to push them out. People had a thing called an RSS reader, which I think they were really popular like 10 years ago. I used to use them for all my news. I still do a little bit. But basically, it was just something that would go update. It would go ping. Instead of me having to go to 10 different blogs every day to read my news, it would go get the articles because those blogs would post this RSS feed, which was just, hey, here, here are all my blog posts ever. And an app can download them. And then podcasts, which are kind of this like old school technology. Podcasts 
haven't really taken off until recently. Like people didn't know what a podcast was until a year or two ago when uh, whatever that really popular Cereal. one, Serial came out, really like exposed the world to podcasts. But podcasts just jumped on the RSS bandwagon, which is the same the same old technology. And so all it is, is it's just a text file that we post on our webpage. And things like iTunes podcast app know to download it every day and see if there's new information. And in it is like each episode and the title of it and a picture and a link to the file that has the audio. It's just this really simple way for us to push out uh, our podcast data to other computers to pick up to then let you listen to our podcast. So that's how the infrastructure works. And that's like the idea that the infrastructure is supporting. But one of the realities of making a project like this is if we're not both working on something that we're stoked about, we just don't do it. That was a big like, rule it's not, with this project. It's not a personal thing. It's just a matter of when you're talking about a side project like this, it's harder to just get up and do a piece that you're just not excited about. We've tried to do um, probably 25 maybe way more artistic projects together. And this has been the only one that's ever really like really stuck that we've persisted through. And in total, this is, this is probably my most successful creative project ever. We've, we've done invested so much into this, but, um, right. That was one of our like rules, excuse me. One of our rules in doing this podcast from the beginning has been, this is for fun. If we're not enjoying something, let's not do it because we really want to keep this going. Uh, and that's worked really well. And we try to keep that as the mission for the whole project, but we both are also technology entrepreneurs and like you literally work at a big data company. Like you can't not be aware <laughs> of how things are in the ecosystem where we, where we're hosting this thing, right? Like can't not feel a bit defeated when I create something and push it on the internet and it's not optimized for maximum exposure. <laughs> Uh, part of part of why we're fired up about the new stuff has to do with it just looks better like we it have really we cool. have managed to get the design element workflow dialed in so much that at very little extra expense we have just really good looking stuff um which i feel like an asshole saying because i designed it largely <laughs> But it's it looks good. It looks awesome, um, which is super fun. I go to our website like a hundred times a day, as I do with every website I make and run, and it looks super dope. And it makes me feel really good looking at it and like seeing our guests on it, and they look super dope. How cool does Scott look standing next to this old car in our most recent episode? He looks awesome. <laughs> it's like the coolest photo ever. And those little board guys. In the episode before I just that. poached. I just poached that off Facebook. Great. I mean, it could be a better. So we photo. talked about. We talked about like. What So the changes we made were to switch a couple of platforms. I don't know how important it really is to talk to about the platforms specifically, but we switched over to having our main site be more like a magazine kind of setup on a platform called Medium that is just a whole lot better for publishing the kind of stuff that we want to publish. So like I have a lot of writing I did in law school about technology and decentralization and the law. And I kind of like the epiphany for me that was like, Oh shit, let's move the whole thing over here. Was I just realized like, you know, if I do a, I like, I've been trying to figure out, I got like 200 pages of stuff I wrote in school 
about decentralization and the government that I think would be dope to get out there. Hell yeah. But I don't I don't have time to write a book and I'm not really it's not a fulfilling project to try to flesh that out in the place where I think it could go. It's not the move for writing books anymore anyway. Yeah. So I realized that I already have a buttload of content that if I just reframe a little, we can push out over that. But then we haven't even ended up doing that. Instead, our successful posts so far have just been like, I woke up one morning and was like, I just realized the thing about Bitcoin. Well, that's what's cool. We just, we've been talking about having a blog for a really long time and we've both resisted because we're like, we can't possibly spend time writing articles. Like it's hard enough putting the podcast together and getting episodes out. It's a ton of work. Uh, but we just both really like writing. I love, I really love writing actually. It's, I, it's really really good for me i feel great afterwards it satisfies my creative urge it clarifies my thoughts like i feel it's meditative for me um and we've wanted that for a while it's and we've discovered the way to make it functional for the podcast and to make it fun for ourselves uh which is the combo we're looking for that's been really hard to find and the part of us that's aware of the big data side and the the part i was talking about before is also stoked about this because it's it's content we want to deliver. I think with early tests, we found out that it's effective in terms of being content that we can that we can push out that that causes people to pay attention and take part in the conversation, like whatever yeah. you would call it. The first article um, you wrote for our blog saw like nine hundred hours of reading time. <laughs> <laughs> we killed it <laughs> we posted we set up a blog post and uh, you you wrote an article this weird like really super niche specific timely facts-based article and i was like i guess we'll let's try reddit for promotion and you nailed it we nailed it it's like two thousand readers um, uh since then we've been not quite as successful but what a great right. launch like really fired us up to be but, working on this platform yeah it's good space well, and so that's an interesting piece of it, right? Because the idea of that attention, the idea that we have listeners for this podcast that we don't know, it's like a it's it's really cool thing. But then also it feels like to, to it's a little slimy to be like 900 hours, you know, like look at all that attention I'm getting. <laughs> it's like, you know, you when you when you're like I shared this thing and we seem to, with that one, have cracked a way to go put something into that area where people want to consume and talk about it. Um, well, it speaks to what we were trying to do here, which is kind of what we wanted to hit with this episode, right? Is uh, this concept of analytics and optimizing a process and looking at using a feedback loop to to kind of guide us as we do something that... We're trying to optimize it to be creative and fun, right? I guess that's that's like got to be our number one purpose or else we're not going to do it. But number two here is like people listen to this and like it. We have I have tons of friends that are regular listeners and talk to me about my podcast. My brother listens to every episode like it's really awesome and it's really fun. It makes me feel really, really good inside when we do episodes. Um, so how do we how do we get this out to more people? Like it seems like people like it. <laughs> <laughs> well and so that so rule number one is don't talk about if it stops being fun for either of us it's gonna fall apart totally so there's this component of optimization where 
the process has to be dialed in enough that all the things that we are like anal about because we're aware of the data situation on the other side is like, well, the threshold for executing any of those can't be higher than eh, this is a hassle. <laughs> <laughs> totally. I don't, eh, you know, got to make sure that like, I don't want to write blog posts and post I don't want to spend hours writing a blog post if I know that we don't have like a good email sign up funnel which is a silly right. thing and that a lot of people be like well don't let that hold you up from writing good content on the internet but also let that hold you up like get your email funnel set up right right get subscribe like <laughs> get some action from what you're producing it's, if you're trying to grow something because because you've lived in startup land where it's important to optimize like acquisition funnels and stuff like the idea that you're even aware that this is stuff that could be optimized, you know, is next level startup shit. I feel yeah. like um, certainly it's definitely next level data awareness, but it creates a thing where I'm aware that there are things I can plug in that will cause that feedback loop. Right. I'm motivated to keep writing because it seems like some people dug it and I'm just trying to get an idea out there about, this is how blockchain might fit into the world or this is how the government might, whatever. Like, I feel like this whole project for us is just about like, here's some shit I think you should know about. Blockchain has become the new poop. You used to bring up poop in every episode or every time I talked to you, basically. Now you bring up blockchain every time we talk, which I think is a, it's different. Everybody poops. Different at least. Everybody poops. Everybody blockchains. I feel like we've got a sense at this point of where we were coming from, where we went. Mm -hmm. Like it's, it's almost like we're past, we're through the state of the union <laughs> part of it. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, the, so the changes we made, do you want to run through those from a, just let's talk about our, okay. what's our stack. Yeah. You're the programmer. <laughs> what's our, what's our podcast tech stack. Uh, so our tech stack for our podcast now oh, is basically just two things. We swapped out of a bunch of other things we've tried and done, and we've landed on uh, a new host. We now host our actual podcast episodes, like the physical files, the MP3s, on a system called Libsyn, L-I-B-S-I-N.com. Stands for Liberated Syndication. Yeah, I that think. sounds right. And it's specifically a company that hosts and, and helps you like send out podcasts. And so we switched hosting everything over to there. It gives us a bunch of interesting stuff like analytics and stuff. And then we moved our website to a platform called medium medium.com, which is essentially like a blogging platform. We'll explain more about it in a second. But uh, those two things we've like, we've kind of cleaned up our properties. We now have this really organized uh, hosting platform, which allows us to really see what's going on, where are users coming from, what, applications they're using to listen to our podcast and then we have this awesome new platform that's in sort of a social journalism system social journalistic blogging uh that allow that is going to allow us to do uh to add writing to what we do to add some stuff that we can start to promote a little better right we can get these get our episodes out to listeners through this platform we can write articles that we can share on the internet we can there's just a place where we can be a little add some more of the creativity that we've both been desiring to toss into the podcast to augment what we're writing so the first rule is is stoke and i think medium is the one we're probably itching to talk about because i i'm fired up for how medium seems to be playing yeah, out. i like medium uh it's a it's a network 
uh, not a network. It's like a marketplace of, of writers and journalists. And that's kind of the angle they're going for. So we set up our website on there. So now we can actually post our our podcast episodes there as like episode posts as stories or articles or whatever you want to call them. And we have a blog there now. And it's a really cool setup over there. Medium so- structures things more like the idea is to have a magazine. They call them publications. And then you have writers who have their personal accounts and you can follow writers and you can follow the magazines that they write for. And you see other things that they recommend and you see other things that they highlight or other comments that they put on other pieces and stuff. It's um, a really cool platform want to follow feeds, but it's all around content. That's more like a five minute to 25 minute read. Um, the average post is a seven minute read on medium, I think, which is significant in terms of the dynamic. It's, it's a lot like Twitter, but seven minutes is really high when you realize that those average numbers are generally on websites thrown off by like Seven minutes and is astronomically high for that engagement. That probably on the means internet. that the average person is actually li- lo- reading your page for twenty minutes, because that number is watered down by a lot of traffic that's incidental. The uh, what's this? I don't like it. Medium is a really <laughs> cool platform. It captures a lot of. Uh, I, I'm just getting familiar with it because we just started using it for our website. But you picked a really, really good spot for this. I think it captures a whole bunch of attributes and features and uh, characteristics that are really trying to bring journalism, bring good writing kind of into the digital age, which has struggled, right? Because we kind of, we plopped writing onto the internet and then Twitter exploded and we're like, holy shit, you can, you can share so much useless crap in a sentence on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram and uh, Medium is set up. But you can also sometimes have really valuable conversations and foment revolutions. Like You can, but no one's reading long articles anymore. And there's something interesting, no. at least, that if not valuable, and Medium specifically trying to promote. And one of the things that they work on a lot, as far as my having read their documentation and stuff, like they are really focused on the discovery piece. Like, how do you surface... Reddit gets traffic because it's for however it works is really good at surfacing stuff that I want to see all the time. Some of that has to do with a little bit of filter bubbling. A lot of it (laughs) has to do with (laughs) users voting things up or down. Medium kind of works the same way, but there's no like voting up and down, but there is similar dynamics and it's built around. I think their algorithm just tries to surface stuff that's well-written. That's, you know, other people seem to like um has big pretty pictures (laughs) all these things that make a magazine a magazine like it kind of forces you into design decisions that are a lot better for the consuming of of long-form content so that's where we've set up our website now and so now our main site is just a a a medium publication it's basically a magazine but like every other episode every other post or whatever is an episode of ours um and the beyond kind of like the tech that we just talked about one of the reasons we picked this spot is because uh not only does it allow a new an interesting way to engage with people that i think will be really beneficial to us but it also seems to be our target demographic on this site pretty heavily there's a lot of startup there's a lot of technology a lot of science um a lot of uh uh, well-written uh journalistic type articles which is what we've kind of been inspired to write from doing the podcast uh to kind of augment like the fun of the podcast we also want to dump out a lot of the information 
uh, that we kind of pick up in research and, and side projects and reading. So uh, it's a good spot for us to target our potential audience. Well, it's also we <laughs> like I have stuff I want to talk about that we do cover on the podcast, but you just can't chase it all the way down the rabbit hole right. unless you want to give me 5,000 words. I'm amazed how often we ha- we stop miles short of where we prepared for a podcast episode, um, which maybe we can try some someday where we're like super hyper targeted and really dive as deep as we can into one little tiny niche. But we haven't done that in a while. Okay. So past medium and what it lets us do in terms of what we can put out and our, and be our, our home on the web. The other thing we did is less about Stoke and more about the part of doing something like this for us is just the result of 12 years of living in like startup land where I am aware of all kinds of ways to guide a decision based on data that you can, you can collect from various places all over the, you know, a a digital, if you have a feed going out digitally, there's data you can collect. Like what extra stuff are we getting because we switched to uh we can see specifically uh the concept of acquisition funnels i think is what you might hear them called but how people are getting to our podcast how people are coming to our website and listening to our content what applications are they listening to are they using apple's i podcast application are they using stitcher are they using uh breaker like what systems are they using how where are they coming from how did they find it it's just a bunch of information about kind of if you run a store like where are your customers coming from you know how are how are they getting there did you run an ad in the local newspaper and is that how they came in it's it's that kind of stuff but that helps us guide how do we where do we put our content right there's a it's a balance of we want to grow our podcast but we want to enjoy what we're doing so if we know that when i write a blog post that's going to promote the podcast that it goes out where people are going to see it. So it's just simple, simple as that, you know? Well, what's interesting, I think, that is the shift that we, like the the delivery of media, which we have talked about this on a couple of other episodes, right? Like this weird democratization of the creation and distribution mechanism for all manner of media has been like steadily diffused, I feel like. And it's now, there's a two-way communication channel where there used to be a one-way channel, essentially, right? Like TV networks used to show a show and you watch it. And if you're picked, you can fill out a questionnaire to tell them how you felt about it. Right, if you (laughs) signed up to get a Nielsen's rating box or whatever, right? You'd fill out a notebook. But that that stuff didn't work anyway. We now know now that we're tracking digitally, that was just a waste of time. Right. Um, And so now we have this digital world where we can see this signal that like essentially comes back to us that we can listen to and interpret in any given way about how we're doing at the thing that we're trying to do. Funny. If your goal is get on Bill Nye's show then the first thing you got to do is get relevant to Bill Nye. <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> um, if those are our people, 
we can go look at the other stuff that they like on Facebook, that they interact with on Twitter. We can get a sense of how to target in the digital space our demographic. And when we have a stream of data coming back that tells us how we're doing at any one of those places, we can just not, this is, it's, it comes down to this, like the second rule of optimization is no wasted time. Um, even if I like doing tweets, if you'd like taking pictures and sending them out over Instagram after you photo edit them, if that's not going to drive people being involved in the community in a way that that satisfies rule number one that we're <laughs> stoked about, then fuck it. We're not even going to bother. So if you follow us on Twitter, you're going to get a steady feed of articles that I remember to put on Twitter because I think they're kind of interesting. Sometimes I'll respond to you. And you'll never miss an episode because they'll go out via Twitter, right? But otherwise, we're just not seeing conversion off of our people aren't hanging out on Twitter yet. Yeah. Maybe later right. they will be, but right now they're not. And right now they're hanging out. Or on we media. we aren't we just aren't getting to them through the network we have at the moment, right? right. So we've kind of dialed into the location where we're seeing some traction, you know. Like the digital discovery mechanism where we're finding some traction, but we're getting this feedback. So you're like, it, it becomes already with just the, you know, people that we have involved in the Slack channel, like it can be a really rich conversation if you execute it properly and stay authentic to it. Like a, like a subset of core ideals, I think. Um, There's a, but it always still feels a little slimy i feel like to be like oh it's over here we're doing better i don't know why uh because it's about getting more well, attention and that's supposed to be rude. A, it's a really it's a really interesting <laughs> uh conversation here right which isn't exactly what we meant this article this episode to be but it, it's unavoidable right the idea that we started we started a podcast specifically because we wanted to do something creative together and we very explicitly said this is not a startup. We're not running this like a business. We're not going to try to make money off this right now. We're not going to optimize every little bit of it because we just want to have fun and enjoy it. And that was smart, right? Like we've we've created this fun artistic project that we both really enjoy doing. But at some point it's like, well, I also want to be famous, I guess. I don't I don't know what the right or I want to make money off of this or something, right? Like I'm putting time and effort into it. So I want to capitalize on something. There is a way to monetize it. it. And and if you deny that, you're just young. <laughs> well, it's a weird Honestly. conversation, right? Because what really is the point of this other than it brings me joy to do it? Uh, but even right. at that very beginning stage, it's I think it's ignorant to pretend like we were only doing this to enjoy it, right? There's I wanted people to listen to it. If absolutely no one had listened to this, there's no way we'd still be doing it, right? Like if we didn't have friends yeah, right. who were listening to this. So it brings you back to this 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 conversation we're where like feedback. there's part of being human that desires and needs feedback from people. And it used to just be I would sing a song in the in the town square and maybe some maidens from the house next door would come listen and clap or clap along and dance in their tap shoes. But now what a weird <laughs> reference that turned into. But now just rolling now town it starts to, town to, to feel movie. slimy it's that transition where you go from hey i'm just engaging with other humans to you're making this weird jump where you go from 
I'm a human creating something for other humans, but in between me and those other humans are two computers. There's my computer and there's their computer. And I now have the ability to like do all this stuff in between where our computers look at each other and we optimize and we send to other computers and other computers do this and they can be beep, beep, boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. We make decisions about who we think will like it, you know, like, and that's not even, that's not a thing we're optimizing. Twitter, Facebook, Reddit, they're all just mechanisms for using some sort of social data input to surface stuff people want to capture to look attention at. to get your eyeballs to look they at literally have an algorithm that is ranking stuff based on how much it thinks you'll like it and so just by knowing that the people that we would rather talk to are on reddit we can say well you know what wasn't working memes which is ironic because that's what reddit's kind of known for but among our people, the people that seem to subscribe to the podcast and join in on the conversation, they they want to read 5,000-word articles about the vagaries of, of cryptocurrency and blockchain decentralization. They certainly enjoyed the one you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I think one of the things about the data and the two-way communication is when you have data coming in, you can set up what you have written about in blog posts on the site and stuff as, you know, in the, in the concept of a feedback loop, you know, in an engineering context, you have data coming in with a goal in mind and you can react to that data in order to better try to reach that goal. Yeah, we've um, got... Uh, there's an interesting interesting thing happening now with all kinds of creative output and sh the sharing of information on the internet where I produce art or I produce something creative. I share it via a computer, via my smartphone or my desktop or whatever. And then for it to get to the other human being to enjoy it or use it or whatever, they also consume it through a computer or a smartphone. Uh, same thing, right? And so in between, you get all this access to information. And what that provides to you as like a digital producer on the internet, us pushing out our podcast is all of a sudden I have a real feedback loop of what's happening. When you listen to our podcast, I don't know who you are. I don't know the person necessarily, but I see information about your phone requesting it now. So if you listen to our podcast, uh, it's cool. I can see, hey, this person just listened to our podcast using iTunes podcast app. Or they came to our website and looked at some articles and and then clicked over and, and they, they must have liked those articles because then they listened to the podcast. And so you get this feedback loop all of a sudden where in the context of our podcast, uh, there, are three, there are three things in my mind with feedback loops. There's set a goal. What are you trying to do? And in our, our case... Uh, we're trying, we're, we want to grow our podcast, right? We want more exposure. We want more people subscribed. We want more people sharing it, talking about it. So our goal is like to grow something, right? Whether it's grow our email sign up list or to grow subscribers through podcast apps. Then, then you do step two of a feedback loop, which is measure it. So now we've got the tools to measure stuff. We can really see where are people coming from? How are they interacting? Are they listening to whole episodes? Are they reading blog posts? What are they doing? Uh, and then step three is you make an adjustment to affect what's going on to reach your goal. And then you kind of just loop on those two things. Hey, we measured stuff and people like it over here. So we'll do more of that. Uh, they don't like this thing. So we'll stop doing that. And so we start to get these interesting metrics and we can make intelligent decisions about where we produce our, our content, where we push our art and makes us feel warm and fuzzy. And then we can produce more and uh, different feedback loop layers on and everyone's happy. So 
let's talk specifically about what we did with the title and the description and the photos in order to reach the goal, which was we had a we had like a th- three day sprint or so where we bared down on. Let's see if within a few days we can drive our ranking for a search in iTunes up. And we did. We we got in two days from 69 up to like 41 <laughs> if you search for engineering on iTunes. Yeah, we just just some simple <laughs> things. I mean, we read a lot about how uh, I first of all, the thing that was blatantly apparent after we doing research and setting stuff up is the majority of podcasting is being consumed through Apple's products through Apple's uh, podcast apps through Apple's ecosystem, whether or not that's Android or iPhone or whatever, like it's just Apple's dominating it. So we realized, yeah, Apple actually holds a registry that a lot of other apps like Stitcher, I think, for example, just combs Apple's database and re like repurposes the data. It's not Apple's driving the whole market essentially. They're driving even more than just they have a podcast app and yeah. it's popular. And so that's why it's so important that our listeners rate and review us on iTunes. Tell us how you feel. <laughs> Give us a good, honest score. Anyway, so uh, yeah, so we we realized how important Apple iTunes is. And so then we dug in a little bit. Hey, how does this system work? Like, where are they getting our information from? What matters to their ranking algorithms? Uh, how do you get shown in different places around Apple? And uh, we just realized, hey, we weren't doing... Th- what trends seem to be effective for other right. podcasts? And there are podcasts where guys talk about the trends and how they adapted to right. them. Right, so we just we and realized, we just hey, do we, it. <laughs> it we were kind of loose with some stuff when we started out, or we just hadn't thought about this or didn't know how this stuff worked. No, because priority one was do keep the podcast fun. coming out the door, and it's and fun. So, and fun to the first thing out of dial in is how's the podcast keep coming out like right. that's the main thing but we passed that we got that dialed in the podcast is a well-oiled production machine the production process flows well so we in looking at all the stuff going on within apple apple's podcast ecosystem we realized hey there's some simple tweaks we can make that'll make a big difference like for instance we hadn't thought about the idea of our podcast name being utterly meaningless to everyone on earth and not being findable because you can't search. No one's going to search for Zen engineering. It's not a word. So instead of our name on Apple, Apple's podcast app being Zen engineering podcast, we changed it to Zen engineering, a philosophy of science, technology, and engineering because it now makes sense to people who are looking for it. Hey, what is, what the hell is engineering? Oh, I see. It's a thing I might want to listen to. We also got the word engineering into the title, which is probably what actually caused the, the bump from 69 yeah. to 41 over the course of two days. Um, you know, and something like that is not, it's not about gaming the system so much as realizing that there's a, a flow for how people use this thing to discover podcasts. And no one is searching for Zengineering unless I handed them a business card. Google doesn't even accept our podcast title as a word that people want to search for and it auto-corrects it to engineering, which is endlessly frustrating. <laughs> so be wary if you search um, that you're not actually searching for engineering sometimes. 
But then we also did a sweep to make the picture that shows up in the feed look cooler for every episode and varied for every episode because it draws better attention. Um, we've also started making our descriptions longer, uh, which gets us, I think, more keywords into their algorithm, but also makes it so that we can have more compelling show notes, which is a, a piece of the medium part I don't think we hit, which is that we, we've dialed in a way to dump all of the links that we run into when we're doing research into, which are in a Slack channel already. We've worked out a pretty clean way to get those into a post that goes out along with the episode. So hit up our Slack and you can check it out sooner, but also... Uh, always check out the website for the show notes that go along with the episode. Yeah, we've captured everything we do now. <clears throat> our blog, our episode, our pop music episode was a glorious feed of strange pop music <laughs> from our formative years. <laughs> That's a very long post, <laughs> but it's got a lot of good stuff. And it's got, we got like quotes on there and we got images from the episode. We got our little cards that go out on Instagram, the pictures that go up in the podcasting good capture of everything yeah i think i'm capturing I'm, I'm catching media out of this thing for how little work goes into keeping it afloat i'm very proud of how much content comes sure. out the other side we've got it we've i feel we've like struck that... on a really cool uh model here i think where we've 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 taken a whole bunch of stuff and really optimized every piece of it right we found the artistic medium that we're enjoying and we've optimized the production we found a platform that we enjoy writing on that actually exposes us to our market and engages users in a way that we enjoy and promotes content of the type that we want to make we've found promotional models through platforms that we consume on that we're familiar with where we can target these little niches that happen to line up with the niche topics that we do in each episode. And so just each little phase of this, we've, we've kind of found our, found our place on the internet and where we're comfortable and feel at home. <laughs> and so we can go out into the city square now and sing our hearts out. And it feels like we're in the right spot digitally. So we're just happy to be where we are. And there's a component of that that's this weird piece of like organization. Like the cool thing about digital technology is because you can at low marginal cost go after smaller niches. Did I say that right? <laughs> marginal cost. Uh... <laughs> um, at, you know, at lower expense, you can go after niches and you can make money off of just maybe 10,000 people like your stuff. So you can target, you know, rowers. And that's a pretty big group of people. It's not important enough that their stuff shows up in mainstream media. But if you write stuff for them, they'll come check Tons it out. Tons of rowers. There's just so many people on Earth that any weird thing you pick, they're going to be thousands if not tens hundreds or millions of them uh doing that thing they're probably like a million people that have at some point been involved in some capacity with like professional rowing right so it's a huge yeah. every all these strange little niches when you get to the scale of the internet all of a sudden you can if you find the right place if you engage the right communities uh you can target at depth and still feel like you're at this tremendous scale when else in human history have you been able to engage a million people uh i think 
on the surface with the internet, everyone's like, oh, well, Kim Kardashian sends a tweet and 48 million people see it. But that's an anomaly. That's like a, a almost a fantasy thing, right? That That's just so right. abnormal and unlikely that you should not pay any attention to it. But writing a really cool article about uh, some technique that you perfected in your uh, NCAA rowing club in college, rowing team in college, then then pushing that out to 10,000 other professional rowers on some forum about rowing, college rowing, it's amazing the exposure you can get and the depth of engagement and the excitement those people are going to have about that little piece of knowledge that's so core to something that they love so much. Hey, man, I like the Red Sox. I see you're wearing a Red Sox hat. <laughs> this all comes down to just like nerds talking to one another at a party. Hey, man, you seem non-threatening. Totally. Can I, can I open up to you and share how obsessed I am with rowing? That's that's what it all comes down to, right? <laughs> um, but I think you know we we have found with what we saw in the data enough to push us to look at it more closely that we're we're accessing a pretty cool community of people. And if you would like to access a community <laughs> of pretty cool people, you can back us on Patreon for where uh, people are throwing us as little as a buck an episode. To help keep this thing going. Or you could rate and review us on iTunes. Because that's basically the main metric for this shit still. If you take one thing away from this podcast. <laughs> about our, our facelift. <laughs> um, we didn't even really talk about the, the cosmetics. Yeah, we did. It. it looks dope. It looks awesome. Our website, our website um, looks super cool. I really like to go look at it. So you might also. So check it out, zengineeringpodcast.com. That's patreon.zengineeringpodcast.com, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or just rate and review on iTunes. Hell yeah. Thanks for hanging out for another one of these. I'm Adam. I'm Brian. And don't forget to pay attention to those delicious little data nuggets that are all around you. Save the poor iPad before it dies. <laughs> <laughs>